0: Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. I enjoy the specials and the beautiful singing and the precious hymns. Aren't they great? Man, I just love that. And I tell you what, since, the, since my first, my early days of uh, beginning in church, uh, man, I tell you, I've enjoyed the hymns and just how they stir your heart. And you know what I really like about a good hymn? is that it's based on the bible so the song actually teaches what the bible says and so man you can learn a lot of bible just by singing hymns and uh, celebrating what they have to say and letting the lord speak to your heart take your bibles if you would and let's open the word of god to luke chapter 5 luke chapter 5. welcome to fifth sunday fellowship and i tell you what we're in for a treat today of course already the song service has been wonderful it's been great And we appreciate that. Hope you've enjoyed that and the extra effort put into those specials. And uh, after the service, we'll have some food and fellowship, and it's always good. Amen. So we invite everyone to stay for that, and uh, trust you can. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be. And uh, just looking into the, the law of liberty, or to the mirror, if you will, of God's Word. And let's ask God to speak to our hearts today. We're going to begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 11. And uh, first we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll begin to read. So stand with us, if you would, for the reading of God's word. We'll pray and begin reading right there at verse 1. Let's pray together. Lord, how we love you today, how we thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to gather together. Lord, we know today that the assembly, the church, this meeting, Lord, is your gift to us and we're so thankful for it along with your gifts of salvation lord and the wonderful gifts of the spirit lord we thank you for this privilege that we have to gather and to fellowship and to be encouraged from your word and we pray you'd help us truly as the bible says to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together lord that we might treasure and hold dear to our heart this time that we have in your word so we invite your presence today we pray dear holy spirit you'd be our teacher and guide that you'd move among us and just show us what you'd have us to learn today. Show us what you'd have us do through the teaching of Scripture today. Speak to our hearts and apply the Word of God that we might know exactly what you'd have us do. And Lord, we do thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, They forsook all and followed him. Wow, this is a great passage of scripture. I have a couple of sermons that I preach along this line. And today I want to cover the first part. So I want you to notice with me again, if you look back at verse number five, we want to take our thought from there today. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. I want to preach a message this morning that I've entitled, Going Through the Motions. Going Through the Motions. Thank you so much. You may be seated. This really is a wonderful passage of scripture for a lot of reasons. It teaches us some great things about the importance of faith. Not for salvation, but for living the Christian life and doing what God has called us to do. But what sets the preface for that is this what we find in verse 5. Notice the the scenario. Notice the backdrop of this picture. And and by the way, can I I just say this before we begin? The Bible starts out with this wonderful scene, Jesus teaching the Word of God, and the people were just soaking it up. They were desiring to hear more of the Word of God, and, and there's a large Uh, crowd gathering and so the bible says that in order to to have a better view and maybe to be heard a little better jesus gets up on one of the boats and he has simon thrust out a little and he taught them the bible says he taught the word of god but you know what it doesn't say it doesn't say anything about what he what he taught what he said Boop. i mean it's like we, we just skip right over that why do you think that is Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because that part is not the main part of why Jesus was there that day. That was something that happened along the way, but his focal point, obviously, is what he's about to do with Simon and the disciples on this boat. And that was more important than the sermon he preached a few minutes ago. And that tells me something, even as a pastor. It says, you know what, sometimes we do a lot more ministry outside of the pulpit. Don't think for a minute that ministry only happens up here or during this time on Sunday. God is doing great works all throughout the week. God is working in people's lives and he's about to do a great work on a boat with some fishermen. And that sets the stage for where we pick up in the message. And the Lord's about to deal with some of his followers, his most faithful, by the way. But look at the mindset that he finds them in. He asks them to do something so that he can do a great work in their life. And before they do, Simon says in verse 5, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. I don't know what you call that. Well, I I guess I do. (laughs) You and I all, we, we call it the same thing, don't we? And it's probably the way I would do it. We call it fishing, right? All night long. Now, they fished with nets. We do it with poles, but you get the idea. I don't know about you. I don't really like that fishing stuff. And I guess technically it really is fishing because fishing implies that you're trying to catch one. And as long as you have real bait on your hook, I guess that qualifies. But I don't like none of that fishing stuff. I tell you what I like, I like catching. So if you're going to take me with you, let's don't go fishing, let's go catching, all right? <laughs> I tell you what, that fishing gets boring. It gets old in a hurry. <clears throat> I heard a story one time about a, fisher, about a preacher who, who needed a hobby. And he was one of these high energy, you know, kind of people. The kind that can't sit still and and his doctor said, Look, man, you, your health is getting affected by this. You need to slow down and hey, you need to relax a little bit. You need to go get you a hobby. So he said he tried tried fishing. And he took his sons with him. Come on, boys, we're going fishing. Well they got in the boat and they went out. Boom, he say, you know, cast two or three times. Ain't no fish biting here. Put his pole down, cranked up the motor. His boys are like, Whoa, 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 what, what, what? hey, what are we doing? He said, well, they're not biting here. We're going to another spot. So they laughed. They were like, okay. He goes to another spot. Boy, he starts casting. And, you know, his boys are getting their stuff ready and just starting to cast a time or two. By that time, he's already cast about three times. Nothing biting here. Boom, he starts up the motor. What are you doing? We're going to another spot. (laughs) They laughed and said, Dad, that's why you need to slow down and get hobby. That's why the doctor told you that. He said, relax. That's how it is when you fish. You sit here a while. You wait. And he said, oh, okay, well, this, this hobby ain't going to work for me then. <laughs> He's too keyed up. Well, I'm not that keyed up, but I don't like to sit there in the hot sun and just melt while you wait for something to bite your line. I, I know some people just like being out there, and I understand that part because I'm the same way about hunting. I'd rather be out in the woods, and at least I can enjoy nature and look at beautiful things and watch animals and all of that. Uh, and, and to me, that passes the time a little bit better than melting while you're waiting. Anyway, so, so here these guys are fishing. And Peter says, and by the way, they're not amateur fishers like me. These are professional fishermen. This is what they did for a living. And they said, Master, we've toiled all the night and we've taken nothing. And that's what I call, especially for them, going through The motions you know why because all night long every hour on the hour they did exactly what they were supposed to do they got their nets they cast them out they brought them back in nothing they went a little further they cast their net they brought it back in nothing to illustrate this idea of going through the motions I thought about bringing a vacuum cleaner up here and just doing this and I would say what am I accomplishing class Nothing. Why? Because you got to plug the thing in somewhere. Right? The motor's got to be running and it's got to be picking stuff up or, or else you're just going through the motions. But wait a minute. How many times have we, just like them, just like that unplugged vacuum, how many times have we been guilty of just going through the motions, just just mundane, doing a routine, and not really getting anywhere. And I'm this morning, you know what? I'm thanking God that we have a Savior who understands that. He looked upon these guys who were going through the motions, and he interrupted that by saying, hey, Launch out with me. You see, because they didn't even know they were in a rut. They didn't even know what the problem was. They didn't even realize they were disconnected. They're just doing their thing. And how many of us have been in the same condition, or maybe are today? Same condition. How many times have you come to church and gone home, come to church and gone home, Read your Bible and closed it. Prayed and felt like your prayer and didn't pass the ceiling. Going through the motions. I was thinking about this story and was just asking myself, what does it mean to go through the motions? So I began to do a little reading about that. And I came up with these definitions of going through the motions. What is going through the motions? Well, first of all, it means carrying on in an action without ever accomplishing It's purpose. That's going through the motions. You're doing all the action. You're putting in all the effort. But you're never accomplishing the purpose that you started with. Going through the motions. But it also means this. It means to do something without understanding the real reason for doing it. At that point, it's just kind of a mindless effort. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it. It just means you're going through the motions of something that you don't understand, that you don't know anything about. You're doing it without understanding the real reason for doing it. Or how about this one? Number three, to do something without motive or with the wrong motive. Going through the motions. Or maybe this one, but this one's even worse. To do something without really putting your heart into it yeah just going through the motions It's kind of like monday morning how we go to work right? without even putting your heart into it i was thinking about all of these definitions it's like a car spinning its wheels you're pressing on the gas the engine's running good the wheels are turning but you're just not going anywhere you ever felt like that In life? When the Lord looked at the disciples, he saw them in this state. They were just going through the motions. And God had something better in mind. Who else has gone through the motions before? As I thought about this question, I thought of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the most religious people, they were the most dedicated, they were the most God-conscious, they were the most spiritually-minded people of their day. There's no one else that surpasses the effort that they put forth to be godly in the best way they understood how to be. But you know what? just going through the motions Do you know how I know that because because Jesus said about them one day the Pharisees that same group of people he said you know what y'all are real good about honoring me with your lips but he said your heart is far from me he said you guys y'all are the one with those vain repetitions praying those long prayers on the street corner in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't pray like that. Don't use those vain repetitions. He said, look, they have their reward. Which is all of the accolades from people who see them outwardly doing their good deeds for the day. The pat on the back, the praise of men, that's, that's their reward. That's all they're going to get. I'd say they missed the mark. That's not what they were intending to become, And then probably the worst thing is what Jesus said about them. He said, in vain they do worship me because they teach for doctrines the commandments of men. And Jesus confronted them on another occasion and he said, you make my word null and void because you don't even follow it all through. He said, instead you follow your traditions. Which sometimes contradicted what the bible taught and he gave them an example to be specific and i believe that's in matthew chapter 5 you can look that up later i thought about jonah jonah was a prophet a prophet of god but he was just going through the motions wasn't he because his heart was not really in what god called him to do at all and he finally did deliver the message to nineveh after the whale spit him up on shore. You remember the story? And the Bible says that he went and he delivered the message, not three days' journey, but a day's journey. Now, I've read some things on that, and and people who are smarter than I am, you know, they explain what that means. And they're talking about in those days, the way you would deliver a message like that, of that magnitude, is that you would walk around on the city walls, and that you would announce it from the top of the city walls, and they said to do that properly, it would have taken three days. They said Jonah marched right into the center of the city, proclaimed the message once, a day's journey, and then you remember what he did? He left town, and he went up and got him. He got him a place on the hillside, and he sat down to watch the show. Remember that? He said, "You know, here's what I want. <laughs> I want to see the judgment of God fall on these people. I want to see them fry." I guess he thought God was going to judge this city the way he did Sodom and Gomorrah and just rain fire from heaven and just take them out. And so Jonah got a good spot on the hill to witness that. He wanted their destruction. Well, it just so happens that the king heard his message and proclaimed a fast throughout all the city And the Bible says that all of the city got into sackcloth and ashes, which was in their day an expression of remorse and grief. And they asked God for forgiveness. God forgave the whole city. No fire fell at all. And and the book of Jonah ends with God correcting Jonah for his attitude of displeasure over that. Modern-day evangelists look back on the book of Jonah and they say he preached the greatest revival in history. No other time has an entire city been saved in one crusade. But Jonah didn't see it that way, did he? What a shame. What a shame. Let me give you one more example of... People in the Bible who were going through the motions they're actually a couple a man and wife who were serving God they were very dedicated they were faithful in their church things were beginning to happen and God was moving on the hearts of different people in the church and they were they were giving uh, amounts of money but but in there in each situation right they were giving all of the money from this or from that or whatever So Ananias and Sapphira saw all the attention that those people were getting because they gave. So when Ananias and Sapphira, when when their piece of real estate sold, they had this idea that they were going to keep part of the money. And then they were going to give that as an offering as as if they gave all of it to the Lord. Because they wanted the same attention that everyone else was getting for their gift. And do you remember, Peter confronts them. He confronts Ananias first in the auditorium. He says, hey, is this your gift? And he said, absolutely, that's all of it. And then he corrected him and said, why have you lied to God? You've not lied to men, you've lied to God. God knows how much you have. God knows how much you give. It's all about worshiping him anyway. Why would you want to lie about something like that? you know the story you know the punishment that sat in and then Sapphira was next she admitted the same thing oh yes preacher we gave it all going through the motions how do you know you're just going through the motions we know about them it's kind of easy to see it in somebody else's life isn't it man they're they're disconnected boy I tell you what God ain't nowhere near that. <laughs> really? How, how do we know if we're going through the motions? Let me give you a couple of thoughts to carry with you. In Luke chapter 5, we see that in this story, they worked without accomplishing anything. And so when the, when the fruit's not there, when, when the effort is given but the fruit's not there, we have to at least consider that it may be possible that we're just going through the motions. And you know, this is really true of everyone who is trying to earn God's favor by doing enough good things in their life to get to heaven. You know, buddy, you're just going through the motions. You're never going to get to heaven that way. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, people enter in and find pasture. You can't get to heaven without Jesus. You don't get to heaven just by doing good. Somebody said, well, if my good outweighs my bad, then I'm hoping I'll make it in. Well, you're going to be always hoping and never knowing. The reason why is because, first of all, good works don't erase bad works. So that's not even going to work. Second of all, The Bible doesn't even teach that as a proper method for getting to heaven at all. There's no scale like that in the Bible anywhere. The Bible says our works are going to be tried by fire. And then in Revelation chapter 20, we find out what the fire is. It's the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who will discern all of our effort, whether we did it with the right motive or not. It's all going to be at His judgment. See, God knows the depths of our heart. That's why He gave us a written plan in the Bible how we could know that we're we're forgiven and saved and on our way to heaven. First of all, God says we're all sinners. So we have to get that sin taken care of. And then Jesus came and died on the cross to make the payment that we couldn't make. So what we have to do is realize we're guilty confess our sin to God, accept the payment that Jesus made for us on Calvary, receive Him as our Savior, and the Bible says, as many as received Him. To them gave He power to become the sons of God. They're the only ones that have a right to say, I'm going. I know for sure. I'm going. Why? Because of Jesus, not because of me. Anything else is just going through the motions, and it'll never get you there. In Mark 6, verse 52, this is a long story, but I'll cut right to the end of it by just saying that Jesus performed a miracle with his disciples, and then he had to take them out into a storm to get their attention because he said in that verse that that the disciples had, had not even thought about the miracle they just experienced. And what does that that tell us? If you want to know if you're just going through the motions, here's the point. They took spiritual things for granted. And you know what? When we're going through the motions, so do we. Oh, I'm here. Another day at church. Right? Uh, Another prayer time. Another prayer list. Another Bible reading day. Let's turn the page. We just take it for granted. We don't realize how good, how special, how important what we're doing really is. And then, of course, there was Jonah. What did he teach us? We may be going through the motions when there's no sincerity in our service. We do it out of drudgery. We do it out of obligation. We do it out of duty and every other reason under the sun instead of doing it out of love for the Lord Jesus That's why we should be here today, because we love God. We should be here today because we love His Word. We should be here today because we know that what God has for us is good, and we came here seeking it. Right? We should be looking for God in every message. Lord, what do you have for me today? Man, I'm excited to go to church because every time I go, God speaks in my heart. I can't wait to hear what He's going to say today. That's how it should be but sometimes it isn't. And that's when we're going through the motions. There's no sincerity in our service. How about Ananias and Sapphira? What did they teach us? Well, they taught us that we might be going through the motions when we're more concerned of how we look to everybody else. We care more about that than we care about how much he loves us. and We care more about what people think than we do about what God thinks. Hey, that's a bad place to be. And the truth is, we can get in that spot often in a lot of different ways, caring more about what people think than what God thinks. Oh, listen, that's not a good. That's just going through the motions. I'm so glad that on this day, Jesus interrupted all that hey, these disciples had spent all night going through the motions. All of that stuff was true about their their evening of fishing. They just weren't getting anywhere. Not only were they not getting anywhere in fishing, but you know what? They really weren't getting anywhere in life either. And Jesus was calling them to something more valuable. He was calling them to, to something more important. He was calling them to a life of purpose. And that's why he said to Peter, It's all right, Peter. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. Peter already said, Lord, I'm unworthy. Lord, I'm a sinful man. He realized he was just going through the motions. His heart wasn't right with God at all. But you know, God saw past all that. God saw his potential. And I want you to know something this morning. God sees your potential. And don't trip over the guilt of the past when the reality hits you that you haven't been all that God wants you to be. Don't stop there. Because God sees your heart. He sees your life. He knows what he can do with you more than what you can do with you. And God is calling you to something more. Don't be afraid to take that next step. You know what Jesus did? He reached down and he interrupted their day. He said, hey, fellas, launch out with me. You know, if Peter hadn't been willing to go out a little further, if he hadn't been willing to go the distance with God, they would have never witnessed this. They would have never experienced the difference that he can make in their life. But they did. He said, okay, Lord, at thy word, all right, all right, I'll let down the net. You notice how Jesus asked for nets, and Peter said, okay, Lord, I'll put one out. How many times have we been guilty of that? If this catch was so great... What could it have been if they had put all the nets out? You say, well, I I know what it would have been. Their, Their boats would have sank for sure. Don't you think? That's what the Lord was trying to show them. The bounty of serving God, the beauty of living for the Lord and obeying his commands. Look at what God can do, which is more than what you can do with you. That's what he was trying to show them. Now, they were reluctant, and they only put out one net, but he showed them anyway. The point was made, was it not? Not only was it more than enough fish for one boat, it was more than enough fish for both boats. And the Bible says both began to sink. The one net broke. They couldn't even hold all the fish that he gave them. What was he doing? He was teaching them something. Now, he worded it a little bit different in another passage. And just for clarity, I want to turn to that passage as we close, and I want you to see it this way. Turn with me to John 15. John 15, because this is really the essence of what he was trying to teach them. In John 15, if you would go down to verse 5, notice what Jesus says to his disciples here. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. That's where the fruit is, right? He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now that's a good principle, that we're to stay connected to the vine. But watch the the next part. Look at what he said. For without me, ye can do what? Peter said, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken what? What? Jesus wasn't there. So now Jesus in the boat, launch out with me, Peter. He says, okay, I'll put down the net. The net was so full, they couldn't pull it in. Look what Jesus is saying without me, you can do. Hey, I'm telling you something. When you're trying to do whatever it is, even serve the Lord. Without him, you're just going through the motions. We need to get plugged in to the power source. We need to make sure we stay connected to the vine. We need to make sure Jesus is in the boat. Amen? Am I I, I getting clear? That's how we make sure that we're not just going through the motions. And the presence of God and the person of God is what makes all the difference. That's what fills the net with fish. That's where the fruit is. It comes from Him. If we neglect Him, if we leave Him out of our personal lives, out of our prayer lives, if we don't find Him in our devotional lives, then we're just going through the motions, friend. If your Christian life is a little dry and dusty, if God's hadn't been anywhere around in a while then that's an emergency signal. It's an alarm going off. It's a bell ringing. It's a 911 call that you need to spend some time with Jesus this morning. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. Hey, not only can you not be saved without Jesus, but you can't live the Christian life without Jesus either. It takes faith to be saved, and it takes faith to live by faith. You know, it also takes faith for a church family to function. And it takes the presence of God for us to do what God has called us to do for one another. Does it not? There's some supernatural stuff going on there that needs to happen in order for us to be able to step up to the level of love and care and service that God has called us to. You won't do that well without His help. Oh, this morning what we need to do is just get around these altars and say, Lord, come, help us. Lord, we want you right in the middle of everything that we're doing. What we need to do is quit seeking His hand and start seeking His heart. We need to quit looking for all the big gifts and benefits, and we just need to start looking for His presence. Because He is the difference maker. If your net's empty this morning... I'm telling you why. Because you need to get Jesus on the boat. Let's do that today, amen. Let's not go another day without him in his rightful place in our heart and lives. Let's bow in prayer. Father, how we love you today. How we thank you for this important lesson, this great truth, this powerful principle in the Christian life. Lord, we ask you today that you would empower us and position us So that we do not just go through the motions. But Lord, we ask you to help us. Lord, we ask you to help us come to ourselves to be willing to do what Peter did. To just get sincere about obedience. Because Lord, really that's what changed everything. When Peter was willing to obey what you said. Things changed. Lord, we got to get to where we're hearing your voice again. We got to get to where we're obeying your voice again. So help us, Lord, today to look for you, to open our hearts, to listen. Help us today to obey, to do whatever it is you're calling us to do. Help us today to let down that net, to say, Yes, Lord. Because we know then you'll do great things. You'll do more with us than we can do with us. And we thank you for it.